Ladies and gentlemen, if you've been around here for a little while now, you're going to know today's guest very well. His name is Dane Verway and he is a running physiotherapist. Now, a little bit of context, uh, Dane and myself have been friends for close to 20 years now. We've been racing each other for, well, if I was still racing, it would have been like 21 years. But he's been racing for, for 21 years, which is bloody impressive. And not just mucking around anymore, he gave Australia's 50k record a shake last year and uh, he's he's just an impressive guy. He seems to manage a lot of pretty intense commitments in his life really well. He's running, his physio practice. He works specifically with uh, distance runners, has a real heart for investing back in the sport. And what I love about a bloke like Dane Verway is despite how long he's been in the sport, he's got a love for it. And uh, whether you've been uh, you know competing at a super high level or you're brand new and you're just trying to navigate your way through the sport and training and recovery and injury and Everything else that comes with the territory of a sport like distance running, well, you're in really good hands because Dane Verway is a great guy to pick his brains on all of these things. So before we get into it, just want to give you a quick reminder that AFL running membership for relaxed running is now up and running. So if you'd like to jump on board there or know someone who could do with some running assistant, coach, players, men, women, doesn't matter who they are. If they're playing footy, they want to improve the running element of their game. We've got that covered. They can work specifically with me over at relaxrunning.com slash AFL. But guys, I'm going to get out of your way and introduce to you today's guest, running physiotherapist and all-around good bloke, Dane Verway. Man, it's a, I was actually having a look at the last time we chatted on here, and it's amazing how time flies. But uh, dude, since around that point... Uh, I think you and I did the podcast recording and then I came to your place or your studio where you're sitting right now and we recorded a video of you doing, it was like a Pilates strength and conditioning workout. Bro, that has been, I, I want to say a hit, but the amount of times that Jesse has cursed your name in our house <laughs> that workout is is incredible. So she, I'm still scared to do it, but there's, I reckon there's three times a week I'll go out into the lounge room and she has like a one of those tension bands around her ankles trying to work yeah. on her bum cheeks. And yeah. she's like, Dave, you've got to try it. Dane, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that like it's such a good hip exercise routine, that one. Um like and and it's not so much like really heavy exercises, but it's just a lot of them, like like a lot of repetitions. Uh, um yeah, really working on yeah, the endurance um and the of all those little core muscles around the hips. So yeah, I actually haven't done a routine like that for about five or six weeks. Um, uh, yeah, because I went over to Tokyo and then quarantine and, and just been, yeah, so I reckon it's going to hurt when I get back into it. But, um, yeah, I've, I've got to start recording a few more um, from from this week. So, um, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> Do you still have – are you doing your, your strength and conditioning membership still? Yeah, yeah. So I've got – like 200 videos um up uh there now and so yeah they're a combination of mobility activation and strength um and they're just 20 minute routines and i like i did the first year during covid like i just started doing it because of covid and so i did 52 weeks in a row and then mum was like oh dang like you need to polish your product, like you need to like, <laughs> re-record them. And I was like, oh yeah, she's probably got a point. Um, and because like there's, you know, it's just sort of um, it's pretty raw and authentic. I'm just sort of in front of the camera, and I was I've never done it before. And so then I've decided to try to re-record all 52. So I'm halfway halfway through, and um, so I've got about uh, yeah 30 weeks to go. Um, so yeah, still doing it every week, three routines. Jeez, man. So, what do you when you say you're polishing it up a little? How good are mums, by the way? But when you oh. say you're polishing it up a little bit, do you mean um, so? Are you recording it on a new camera, or are you doing different angles, or, or what's the difference? Oh, the difference is probably just uh, the flow of the routine. Uh, you sort of learn that like everyone just wants a nice, succinct routine. So I could overcomplicate it at times, and uh and then just making sure that okay these are the pieces of equipment everyone knows what they are so probably just making them a bit more practical efficient uh and and doable in 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 people's busy lives um so yeah pr probably yeah I tr i've tried to like get better with the the um the presentation of it all but 
yeah, I'm not that tech savvy. So it, it's good stuff physio-wise, but um, yeah, it probably could still um, be a bit more polished from a, um, a, a end product kind of, um, yeah. But that, I think a lot of the people in the membership group actually like that, um, like that aspect that I stuff up a little bit and, and that might make them laugh a little bit. And then, hmm. I don't know, it's a kind of, yeah, I found that that actually, like, you think that it has to be perfect, but a lot of people like the imperfections in it as well. It's really interesting, man. I, um, I'm i a, a, like, I used to get a little bit of business coaching from a guy called James Stremko. I don't know if I mentioned him to you before, but one of the guys in his membership is a, is a bass guitar player. Yeah. And, dude, he's got, like, hundreds of, I actually, I wish I could tell you his name, but he's got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people follow, maybe even in the millions now, following yep. his, his YouTube channel. And yeah. uh, so he was just recording really raw videos of him playing bass on like a real cheap camera, just giving real basic instructions. And then as it started to grow, he did the same thing. He was like, all right, I'm going to get a brand new camera. I'm going to make it super professional, real like super crystal clean. And then uh, his feedback was like what you just said. He's like, yeah, no, nah, I think my audience just seemed to respond really nicely to the, uh, to the, to the more raw. So it's no surprise. I always like it when I'm, when I'm doing yoga or, or something online, they and they stuff up or sneeze yeah. or whatever, and they just leave it in. But yeah. um, I know what you mean. It's like as a as a bit of a perfectionist on the other side of the camera, you want to make sure you're giving the best product, and you think like getting rid of all the ums and ahs and whatever else is is the way to do it. But so, yeah, for whatever reason, maybe it just makes people feel more human. They're like, oh, good, yeah. I'm not the only one who stutters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it's um yeah yeah you become a bit more relatable relatable and uh, and then. Yeah, people feel like um, yeah, they feel better about it. About um, yeah, it's it's good when you see other people's stuff up. I think it's just that's just it's that's actually normal. Um, yeah, uh, good fun, Tice. Um, doing that. Um, how's your body holding up, man? Because I know like the conversation I've had with you and uh, also, do you know Alice Bakey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I went through uni with her. Awesome. So she's yeah. doing something similar to you on online, which is really cool. And I've actually tuned in. She does a couple of live classes as well, which is cool. But bro, it's the same story. I've done two of her classes. And the so the second one I logged on to, and there was there was like 18 people on there. Which I thought this is pretty cool. Uh, I think they were all women on the class that I was in. And I was like, all right, time for me to show these chicks how it's done. And uh, <laughs> I set the camera up and the class started. And I was like, we were, I think it was a 45 minute class. And these these girls were flow like just floating through the workout. They all look so in control, bro. I was about two poses in, and I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna have to turn my camera off." Like I was getting all shaky. <laughs> I could just hear Alice going, "You doing well, Tyson?" And I was like, "No, don't tell me I'm doing well because I know I'm getting absolutely owned." But it's uh, it, it honestly blows my mind just how like I can be in the gym and think I'm such a big shot, and then when it comes to these stability um uh kind of exercises and these pilates style exercises which uh which i've seen you do and i have i have I've, i said i haven't done any of your workout i've done enough to feel a sore left ass cheek and i go baby you know what I, i'm not in the mood for this today i'm going for a run <laughs> it's it, it honestly amazing just how uh when you think you're strong in one particular area maybe lifting weights you go and just mix it up a little bit and your body goes oh hang on a second this is keeping me guessing a little bit. Have you, yeah. you, you're probably starting to really just, uh, I guess with 52 weeks of three videos per week, yeah, you're having no dramas at all with the strength anymore. But do you notice that real adjustment from strength to strength? Oh, yeah. Like, um, like it's a, because running, running such a punishing sport. Like it's, um, yes, yeah, sort of like started to say this like analogy where it's not table tennis because like with table tennis you could suddenly pick up a racket and hit 400 500 balls and you'd be fine the next day um whereas if you go to do if you take that similar sort of train of thought with running like um you just you just feel you just feel all the spots where you're a bit underdone or under conditions um and yeah there's there's um yeah, I guess like running just finds those weak areas that you are a little bit imbalanced or or if there is a spot that that's um yeah not quite as fit as it should be. Um so yeah, I, I think um it's so good to just work on those little little um little muscles or little aspects um where you can come undone. Um Alice does such a good job of it of it. I've seen a few of her routines. I think I saw one with Jen Lacaz the other other week and 
she was just talking her way through it really calmly while she was doing these super hard poses. And uh, yeah, uh, she, yeah, I, de- I definitely like one of the um, amazing aspects of this experience um, and doing the online classes is uh, it, it meant that I was consistent and had to do 52 weeks in a, in a year and in a row. Um, and I've never done that before. Like I've, I've done eight week blocks and then you sort of get a bit lazy or, or, or life gets in the way or you you just focus on running because that's ultimately what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And so it was a real, it has really been a like really cool eye opener to go, Oh wow. Like I've definitely like other than the last five or six weeks where I haven't done it. Um, like, I definitely noticed that I've been the most um, sort of well-balanced and athletic I've ever been, um, uh, which is pretty pretty cool feeling. Um, so it does work and, you know, just, you know, three 20-minute routines a week, um, but it's more the, the 52 weeks in a row. Um, yeah. So they don't look too – like once you get into a rhythm and you start doing them, you're like, oh, you know, yeah, it was kind of hard at the time, but it wasn't that much and they don't look too – massive by themselves but when you sort of string them together uh that's where the magic is yeah are you still doing a lot of running yourself because since we spoke i actually i caught up with dion probably like two months ago now and we were chatting a little bit about your guys 50k run and like i was super impressed with dion but bro i had no idea what kind of form you were in i didn't know that was the kind of pace you were running around at 50ks because I saw, yeah, Dion set the Australian record and Dana was a bit behind him. I was like, wait, what? Like, I, I thought you were just a hobby jogger now, bro. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know you were still. So what's the uh, what's the update? Because in my mind, I know, like, we've got so much to get through. I know, so you've just come back from the Paralympics as the team physio, which is which is just awesome achievement. I know I, I sent you that in a text, but in, incredible, incredible achievement. So that's one thing. The flip side of that, is you're still, you're still, you know, you got your nose not too far away from Aussie records. And you and I were racing each other, like, literally, how crazy is this, bro? Literally <laughs> 20 years ago, you and I probably raced each other for the first time. It was either 2001, maybe 2000, actually. Could it, Did you run Yarrabend Nationals in 2000? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. That's insane. So okay, so there you go. Twenty-one years ago, we would have, uh, we would have at least been lining up in the same races, which blows my mind. And then. To to still be to still be rocking around at the pace that you're in at the moment obviously shows you're doing something well. But I just like, clarify it to me, man. Like, what's what's your what's your sort of focus at the moment? Is running still a huge focus for you, or is it physio, or is it like a beautiful little combination going on there? Yeah, it's actually like really um, yeah, it's pretty cool that you're asking me that question right right at the moment because I feel like I am sort of in that kind of slow transition where. I like running's not as much of a focus um, or it's not the biggest focus where for 23 years it's been such a huge part of of my identity and, and who I am and and like that's always like been a huge uh, focus of each day and at times probably too big a focus um, when I reflect on it. Um, but, yeah, Jess is uh, actually 33 weeks pregnant. Um, hey. Yeah. Um, so and that will be our first um, – uh kids so it's such an exciting time and uh yeah i think i think i'm really looking forward to that and i'm coaching a small group of um 10 10 um young uh sort of boys just out of school um so it's quite fulfilling for me because down on the mornington peninsula when i finished school there was no sort of senior groups so i'm really trying to um establish a a small training group down on the peninsula that um you know like is kind of um like elite focused in in that um, they're trying to perform and try to get the best out of themselves and i've really enjoyed just sort of jumping in for sessions with them and and kind of being a training hack um uh <laughs> and uh yeah that's sort of um probably the direction i'm going with my running i'll still always run i still love it um but yeah i don't i i um I did another marathon this year at the start of the year. I did Penrith Marathon um, and ran a 2.28 and I was, I was a little bit disappointed with it. I, I gave it everything and and then I was trying to run Gold Coast Marathon about eight weeks later, which was way too ambitious when I look back mm. on it. And and then I think I was just um, overtrained all year and I, I was really putting in so much work and not getting much out of it. And, and when I... When I um, went to Tokyo, 
I focused on doing my job and, and being uh, one of the um, athletics team physios. And, and then in quarantine, I didn't have a treadmill. So that enforced rest um, was really good for me because, like, yeah, I've lost some fitness, but I feel so rejuvenated and I feel like I've really got some energy back. And mm-hmm. and it's not until I actually um, was forced to rest that I, that I looked back and I was like, oh, all those periods of weeks where I thought I was doing easy training – just because I've done, you know, so much hard training over the years, I, my perception was skewed and I thought I was recovering, but I, I just wasn't. And I was, I was, I was actually in, um, I definitely reckon an o- overtrained state and, and I'm only really coming out of it now. So like I, I'm enjoying just sort of um, running a few 5Ks and doing, doing a little bit less and, and training with the guys. Um, but then also, um, yeah, focusing on, um, yeah, the the family um, and Jess and um, and yeah, and and probably like more giving back, like um, so like enjoying, like um, uh, yeah, trying to trying to use my experiences and the mistakes that I've made um, over the last twenty three years um, in running and and try to you know give back, whether that's through the podcast or or um, some run, running physio um, patients that I see. Or the squad that I'm coaching. Um, yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's I'm awesome. Also doing, like this year, I started doing a little bit of coaching at Turak College, uh, which, um, yeah, has has also been yeah super rewarding. I I actually um, started working for myself this year after 11 years at a private practice in in uh, Mentone, and um, I loved it at that private practice. But um, I, I felt like I was ready to. Um, uh, have a bit more of a balanced lifestyle where I was, I was doing a little bit of coaching. Um, and I was spending a bit more time at home. I was doing some physio um, and yeah, my life was a bit more balanced because um, yeah, definitely have been guilty of like over, like over focusing on running and over focusing on work and physio um, in the past. Yeah, man. It's interesting. I think it's so good to hear someone like yourself with the history that you have in the sport, talk about how uh, just without even really noticing you got stuck in a period of overtraining because I, I often get Instagram messages from from people who are relatively new to the sport just saying, look, I've, I've like w- one woman in particular messaged me a couple of weeks ago and I think she was either training for a ha- half marathon or a marathon. And she was saying, oh, last week I went out and ran 16Ks and then this week I went out and ran 18Ks. I was just exhausted, like, is that normal, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, and it's just it's really interesting because obviously you and I know the, the highs and the lows and the, the good runs that you have and the rubbish runs that you have in training and racing along the way. But, but to hear how even after 23 years in the sport or, or maybe even a bit longer is um, – like you can just fall into the trap of getting into a routine, getting into a rhythm and not really paying attention to how your body's feeling. And I think it's encouraging even for me to hear a bloke like yourself who, you know, you're the head physio for the, the Paralympic team, just got back. Um, you've been in the sport for so long, run at such a high level, still are. And uh, and even you can sometimes go, oh, whoops, I think I was probably pushing it a little bit hard there. So so for you, what like when you say you, you realise you're probably overtraining, was that just the the, because you weren't running as fast as you were hoping to, or was there a level of fatigue that you felt, or, or maybe a little bit of everything? Yeah, oh, both of those types. Like I reckon, when I reflect back, um, I was hitting some workouts where I was happy, but but the vast majority of us, really honest, I was like, oh, that was a lot harder than it should have been, and that that pattern was happening for a while, like like most of the year, really, um, and. Uh, I guess like what made me keep going and kept training through it is I'm self-coached and it's so hard. Like you, you like so many people, like you, you know better, but um, you kind of blinded to it because you sort of can always justify it in your head. Like you get clever at, at um, focusing on certain things and, and just uh, somehow like um, reasoning your way through it. Um, I, I was just hoping that the tide will turn and um, that I'd get through to the other side. Um, but really, if I had a coach who was probably been a bit more rational, they would have sat me aside and said, oh, Dane, like, you know, it's been a few weeks now and things aren't working. Take a few easy weeks um, and maybe how easy your training's not easy en- enough. It's not um, changing um, uh, your energy levels so that you start adapting a bit better to the training Um yeah, it, 
it it took the enforced rest um for me to actually realize oh hang on that's how i was supposed to feel i think the hard thing is like the training that i was doing had worked for me in the past um and i guess like you go well i've done it before so why isn't it working now and and i think that's the hard thing with running is sometimes what you've done in the past not necessarily all the time the right thing to do it at that current moment i think um my work life um sort of like starting my own business from home maybe i was a little bit more stressed maybe i was staying up late here and there maybe i wasn't sleeping as well because i was thinking about things more um uh i definitely should have had the four weeks that i've just had after para- the tokyo i should have had that after penrith and not tried to get greedy and go for gold coast but um and that's not, all of that stuff is what um having like a, a coach um there who's who's just um yeah non-biased and and not emotionally um invested in it would have easily um stood me aside and and we would have been able to discuss it but um yeah i i guess um i also do like the idea of um yeah not having a coach because it gives you that freedom a little bit too um so i don't know i i I feel like it's probably a sign that like um uh i'm enjoying the coaching and 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 other aspects of running where um my own performance it doesn't matter as much to me anymore and i kind of um kind of I've, i've worked out that one of the things that really attracted to me to running over the years was just working out why things happened and and trying to understand like just the just almost the the um the trial and error and um uh like just working out just trying to understand it and that constant like um experimenting and i just love that process and i really enjoyed enjoyed sort of um that aspect and i'm getting that enjoyment through coaching and and physio um and just um being a part of the running community and realize that it's not like fully all about how i how i go um it's i I like just sort of um yeah thinking about um you know what someone should do in a certain moment um and why that result happened and potentially the reasoning behind it i just like Mm. reasoning um so yeah it's it's interesting that like it's taken me a while to realize um some of the key aspects of the sport that i that i like but i always thought it was um uh yeah more my performance and and i think there was times where that maybe that it was biased towards that but now i um you know improving my times is getting harder and harder kind of um sort of a little bit content with quite a lot of my times and it and it's and it's i just sort of um yeah definitely shifted the focus um yeah but it yeah it, it was definitely like i was i was blinded to it and, and that's pretty fascinating isn't it tice like where you know you can know a fair bit when you mm. tell other people what to do but <laughs> when it comes to yourself like it's sometimes like you're just like um kind of in denial but you just you just unconsciously um yeah um biased <laughs> yeah it's really interesting i've noticed the same thing like if i look back at my own running career there's so many times and honestly even still not necessarily with running because I've, I've got a bit more of a um, maybe a diverse training program that I've ever had before. Like I try and do a few days of yoga, a few days of strength and a few days of running. Like some of those days are like doubled up. Do you know what I mean? But even still, sometimes I'll go through a phase and uh, of like a couple of weeks ago, I went through a phase and I, I knew like, you know, when you sort of feel like you're on the brink of being sick, you feel a bit blocked up. And I sort of knew it was there. I was like, oh, I'm probably just overthinking it. And I went out and uh, kept doing my runs, and I was just buggered. I was like, what are you doing, mate? So I, I put the, I, I just put the brakes on for a few days, and uh, but it was amazing still that, e- like, even though I knew what was going on, I was still like, nah, I'll just, I'll push it a little bit more. And this is, like you just said, it's one of the things I love about the, so the online coaching membership that I have, it, it has it has a running element to it, um, but strangely enough, the the most popular part of it is the, is the AFL running membership so it's just like a, it's a 12-month program from pre-season essentially to finals and just navigating from from tapering to buy rounds to maintaining fitness throughout the season and one of the things that um so there's an element or there's a, a program on there which allows like the members and i to have an email thread where it's not just the training programs but we'll go back and forth with okay how are you feeling 
um, like how are you handling the load, blah, blah, blah. And one of the most common things I've noticed in, and it's no surprise to me really, because I've been in the football scene for a long time. One of the most common thing, both from men and women on there, is that, oh yeah, we've we've just sort of been under the impression that pre-season is just about hammering yourself from from October to April and just crossing your fingers that you can maintain it all. And it's and then it sort of it blows a lot of minds. Like last season, I had so many people coming back and just going, dude, I can't believe how fit I am and how good I feel um, in the middle of the year. You know, we've still got 12, 12 rounds left. And I think a big part of that is just having some external person who's, um, you know, not only knowledgeable when it comes to running like you and I, but also... Uh, who's not emotionally attached to the training that you're putting yourself through because I think when you get emotionally attached to your training um, you know you might be like me you'll go out and you have a bad run and you're like all right stuff this I'm going to go out and smash myself in a couple of days time to prove myself that I'm in good form when really the best thing for you in that moment could very well be no no take a week of easy running and then we'll just gradually build up like but um, people don't like to, a lot of the time, this is a generalisation, but I think it's very true in a lot of cases, uh, we look at we look at training so single-mindedly, like, all right, um, I'm obviously running too much because I felt tired. And a lot of the time we forget about, all right, am I getting sick? Are there stresses in my work? Am I am I getting beat up and, and stressed about COVID lockdowns and when's it, and it's all going to end? And, you know, what's going to happen with my work? And um, it's amazing just how many external factors can play uh, an, an impact or a role in how you feel as a runner. I was having a chat to, dude, this is something that I shouldn't even bring up because it's, if you're anything like me, I'm so far out of my depth. But I was talking to Lydia O'Donnell the other day. Yeah. And uh, Lydia was telling me, so she started this thing called Femi, which is uh, pretty much training women all around their menstrual cycle. And I was like, bro, like it is incredible that this is, I've been in the scene for so long and, and so many women I've spoken to about training and things like that. It's crazy to me that there hasn't been something established like this earlier, which takes a real holistic approach to the training and what might be causing that tiredness. And yeah, it's it's just really helpful, I think, as you said, to, to have that external person to bounce off. Um, just someone to keep you honest, isn't it? Because I can so often pull the wool over my own eyes and go, oh, you'll be fine. You'll get through it. And then three weeks later, I'm grumpy and tired. <laughs> oh. No, 100%. Like, um, I think, like, when you start out running, like, you're a clean slate and um, everything you add or you do more and you, you see that you improve. So you, you just start to associate that the harder you train or the more you do, um, the better you go. And you get this bias towards adding and, and doing bigger, faster, harder, more workouts. Um and you and and you think that's the answer, and you start to like uh, forget um, that the other element of that is that you need to recover from it, and 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 the the recovery is the other fifty percent of it, the other half of the um, coin. Um, and without that, um, you you like I've started to call it sort of your, your ecosystem, um, and uh and and that's your you can have an adaptive ecosystem and a non-adaptive ecosystem and 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 the things that um you really need to sort of focus on to have a really good adaptive ecosystem yeah would be um yeah yeah mental state so like how you're coping with you know work life um covid stresses and um where your head's at at the time um yeah, yeah, your recovery. So, um, yeah, how well is your sleep going? Um, your energy availability, um, and uh, yeah, how well is your diet? How good's your diet? And then just your training organisation. So, um, yeah, are, are you organising your training um, in an appropriate manner? Um, and often, like our our bias towards like, oh no, I've just got to train harder, and that that mentality of doing more because. Um, uh, you know, you think hard work that you'll deserve, you know, if you do hard work, you deserve to go better. Um, but it's, it's, um, it, it needs to be smart, um, smart hard work and, and, and you need to know when to pull back. Um, uh, and, and, uh, yeah, making sure that, um, yeah, everything around it is appropriate. And, um, like you said, Tice, um, uh, running for the sake of like um uh just um feeling better because you're disappointed not necessarily is is the right reason to run um there's other ways that you can sort of um uh yes settle that mental frustration but if you're trying to get 
better running wise like maybe you've got to focus on having another two or two days recovery or focusing on the recovery so that you um you know you're in a better adaptive state but it's that push and pull um idea um of training uh that uh i think as a youngster you just don't understand yet because you you just um you just see yourself improving whatever you do um whatever you touch and then you think you're superman and and you just um you don't it's not until you start to stagnate or plateau or get a few injuries where you start to go, oh, maybe it's a little bit more complex and and there's a few moving parts. Um, and I think that that's a that's an idea that I'm trying to get people to understand more is, is the idea of complex systems. And it sounds harder than it is, but all it means is there's about there's several factors in, acting on the body um, at, at any one time, um, and a lot of people say when they get injured they just blame their shoes or or they just blame one thing, but and that might have been a big, big, big change, and it might have, it might be what really stands out. But maybe you would have managed that shoe change if your sleep was really good, your um, your diet was really good, you weren't stressed, um, mm-hmm. and your training decisions were really smart. So because you were in a better adaptive state, so um, it's a it's a combination of several um, factors acting at any one time. Um, that allows you to um, progress a bit more steadily with training training changes, um, uh, and you only learn that interplay over time. Like because everyone's an individual. Like the, you know, every runner you see is unique. Like you know, some people are fast twitch, some people are slow twitch, um, some people are OCD kind of type, some people are laid back. Uh, yeah. You know, um, everyone you know has this. Um, all these different characteristics and and you're either at you know sometimes in the middle of some of those um continuums of of um characteristics or sometimes you're an outlier on some and sometimes you're always changing like sometimes well back five years ago with with your body but now it's a bit more resilient um but yeah the fact that like everyone's so individual like you've got to learn learn over time um and reflect um on on several of these big rocks um you know and 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 what might have been sort of what what caused the injury and and what what factors were at play and and it's not just a singular thing it's often you know quite a few things um but yeah sort of probably gone a bit off off topic no no not at all man that's a really it's a really good point it's actually it's a big part of what i love about these podcasts is just hearing people's like you've just expanded on on some of the I guess the ideas or the structures that you have to help you navigate this world of just injury and stress and running and performance. And um, I think I think you've done a really good job of, of sort of summarising that. Adam Didick was a, another one that I used to like hearing speak about this stuff because he would use the Venn diagram example and, and sort of just collate all of these things. And there's like a nice little sweet spot in the middle if you could, um, you know, match psychology with training. And I'm sort of underselling how much of a detailed map it was. But I, he used to show me when I was about 19 and I was like, man, it's – like even even me at that stage who had been involved in the sport for what probably close to or probably eight or eight or so years at that time, I would look at that information. I'm like, how did I how did I not see this? And it is it's probably my favourite part of doing this podcast, just picking the brains of people people who aren't even necessarily athletes. Like John Quinn, who is now exercise physiologist, is one of my favourite people to chat to. And um, have you been the same? Obviously, you've got the Run Culture podcast, and how, how many episodes you? up to now i'm sure there's plenty of brains and information and stuff that you've been picking and and learning from there is there oh yeah always growing like because everyone's got something you know really nice to add like just a different perspective and and then that that sort of like help helps your perspective in in a certain way or or expands it or uh, or confirms it um but yeah i've I've learned so much like i've done i think i'm up to 117 118 episodes um and i've had a bit of a break but over quarantine when I was in the Docklands, um, I didn't leave the, the room for 14 days. I I sort of, um, yeah, just did a bit of a brainstorming session. So um, for I'm going to have a season two um, of the podcast where I just go over um, a lot of principles, um, running principles that I've sort of uh, felt like I've learnt, um, you know, by standing on the shoulders of giants or, or just personally or, or just with my physio over time and mm-hmm. just um, getting a few people on to discuss some of these principles. Um, 
But, yeah, you just learn, you learn so much, um, yeah, uh, as you go. And I think, yeah, that's a, that's a huge, huge part of the sport to know that, um, yeah, you're always, change, always changing the way that you think about it. Um, and, uh, and I, I, if anything, like my, like a lot of my ideas, like they, they feel really simple and more simple than they ever have, um, now. Um, but I think it's nice because then it just, um, uh, yeah, yeah. You just got sort of like some simple ideas in your head, um, of the things that matter. Um, the bigger, the bigger rocks, like the big things that can shift a needle a bit more than the, the little, little things. Cause in this day and age, like there is just so much information out there, and it's it's um, sometimes confusing to know what matters and what doesn't. Yeah, it's a great point, man. I was actually, dude, I was laughing thinking about your podcast because I got that text message from you a couple of months ago. Um, and speaking of interesting guests, uh, Hugh Van Seilenberg on the podcast, I I was laughing hearing him explain the story to you so politely. So what happened? He actually he was holding cards close to his chest because it turns out he's a good bloke. But I actually, about two and a half years ago, I applied for a job at the Resilience Project. They had an opening and I put in the applications and everything and <clears throat> uh, got the interview. It was all going well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, anyway, just heard nothing for ages. And I was like, oh, damn, like obviously someone else got employed. Then I, I got a message back from – no, I didn't get a message back. It was at the cafe that day I saw him and I was like, oh, mate, watch this for suck-up behaviour. Well, hey, don't employ me now, bro. So I, <laughs> I saw him sitting there and I went over and said, mate, hey, big fan, love your work, blah, blah, blah. Paid for his lunch and thought, all right, there you go. That's a good resume. Like I'll just leave it there. And uh, anyway, in that uh, before before I went and paid for his lunch, he I went up and had a chat, shook his hand, said, "Mate, good to meet you." Um, and he told me that that for whatever reason that job fell through. No one got it. So maybe I asked for too much money. But <laughs> I was laughing when I was listening to it. First of all, I was surprised that he was on a running podcast. I wanted to ask you about that because obviously. Uh, well, we speak of psychology and the impact that that has on our running performance. So I can see an entry there. Uh, but secondly, I was also very grateful that he didn't tell everyone in your audience uh, that he just didn't give me a job. And that's how we actually knew each other. But <laughs> what was your the, the relationship there? So had you, do you know him? Had you met him? What was the story? Because I, nah. again, I've snuck into a few athletes inboxes and got absolutely nothing. And uh, yeah. I've sent, since that podcast, I thought like with you and him, I thought, all right, I'm going to send him a message. And, um, Maybe my approach said, mate, come on, I paid for your lunch. The least you can do is come on my podcast. Winky. <laughs> just have a yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, um, yeah, I just messi- I messaged him on Instagram um, and, like, I, I like I just – like, I'm a podcast um, addict. Like, I just love – yeah, I just love listening to – and that, like, that goes on that sort of same sort of um, – thing that we we're talking about before about learning like I just love learning and, and trying to grow and um and like there's so many good podcasts out there and always just going down different rabbit holes but I was listening to his podcast the imperfects and there was a few episodes um that I just really enjoyed um and uh I know that um uh my brother's uh girlfriend uh Sim had his book so I ended up um reading his book um yeah, earlier this year, and then uh, I just thought, oh, you know, given the time the time that we're going through um, with COVID, I was like, what better person to like mm-hmm. try to reach out to? Um, and then um, I think it might have been on the Inside Running Project. I heard he um, does a little bit of running, um, so I was like, oh, maybe we're a slim chance here because he, um, you know, he, um, yeah, trains with Katrina Bissett and and Peter Fortune, and and just and then. I didn't know that he just loved running so much and that really came across in the in the chat. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought I, I'd, you know, put him on because I feel like mindset and, and, and that um, mental state is just so big these days. And, and if anything, this year I focused more on the way we think and trying to learn um, about why people behave, how they behave more than ever like uh, I'm no expert on it but I feel like that's where it's at like that's that's the key like because you can give someone an exercise but if they're not there um mentally um and in the right spot um uh yeah 
they're not going to do it. So it's, it's um, yeah, I guess it's been something that I've really been interested in just um, and trying to understand it, understand it more and, and listening to guys like Craig Harper. Um, I do. He's a, so he's, a, he's a gun, isn't he? So funny, yeah. small world, man. So Craig Harper turns out he used to go, I think he's a Gippsland boy originally, and uh, him and my dad, I think, were in the same year level. So a couple of Love years it. ago, when I got back from London, I was actually pretty keen to to try and go down the same. I was doing a bit of speaking in schools on mindset and health, and um, you know how they all interplay together. And he was he was one bloke I actually got in touch with, and he was awesome. Um, uh, he's he's unreal at the moment. I've seen a couple of his posts go pretty viral the last few weeks because. Um, I can't remember the most recent one that I saw, but it's quite amazing to see just the impact that a bloke like Craig Harper's having on, I, I guess, internationally, but especially here in Australia. Yeah, yeah. He's, and his podcast is great. Like some of some of them like have been awesome and um, there's so many, so many good people. And 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 like, yeah, like yourself, Tyce, like you've you've really um delved into that area um uh as well. Um like, and I think, um, yeah, you're definitely like onto that way of thinking a lot earlier than I was. Um, and like, but it, yeah, just, um, yeah, over the, over the last, uh, 12 years of physio, like you just scratch your head and you're like, how can I just make a greater impact with some of these, some people that you treat? And there's so many people that you're like, oh, you just got to do this. And, and they know what they want to, they know they have to do it. They're intelligent. Um, and there's so many people that are really switched on and they understand what you're saying, um, but it kind of just doesn't hit the mark. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to understand, like, I don't know, trying to get better at, like, feeling like I not can mind read, but, like, get get a greater appreciation of, of um, seeing a, something uh, from someone else's shoes and um, yeah. and try to feel what they're feeling. And, 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 and over time, once you rapport develops um yeah just just um i think um knowing that everyone's smart and they believe what they want to believe for a reason and um and trying to understand why why if you feel like their their belief system is a little bit irrational and it's holding them back um in some way like just trying to understand why they they view things like that and then um yeah i think we stand a better chance to try to try to um help them yeah i was having this conversation with a mate yesterday because i totally agree like what a what an awesome attitude and i can see for sure that is the best way to approach someone but me still for whatever reason despite knowing that will hear someone that disagrees with me and i'll go oh you are such a dickhead (laughs) (laughs) obviously obviously it's far more about me than it does them but i've literally put an asterisk next to that at the especially in this time of covid where there's where there's so many conflicting opinions and so much tension around the subject of what's the best way forward like uh yeah i've just only like facebook and then just day-to-day life with conversations with family and friends i just find myself going oh wow we see the world so differently and either I'm a retard or you are, or there's somewhere in the middle where the information's getting a little bit confused. So dude, it's a, it's a really good point, man. It's a really good point. Hey, I wanted to ask you something because I know you've got a client coming through at uh, in about 10 minutes you've got to get ready for. So we're on the, uh, we're on the home stretch, but I've, I've been meaning to ask you, I can't remember if we did on the last podcast. I saw Sean, your brother for the last time on Oxford street in London a few years ago, he'd just come from um, some horse race where he won a car. Yeah. And, he wasn't a hundred percent sure. So, so everyone who entered this horse race, I think there was hundreds of thousands of people, and he went in. They got a raffle ticket, and his name was drawn out of the raffle. But he was coming back to Australia. Did he ever get the car? Yeah. So he he um. <laughs> Sorry, I that's think such he a got, random tangent, but I just had to know while I remembered. No, nah, no, nah, he got. So he got money for it. He because he couldn't take it back. It was going to cost a fortune to like ship it to Australia. So he's like, oh. I'll I'll sell it back to the car yard or or there was some 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 sort of negotiation like that. So he got he got um, some money for it. I think it was like a, a Volkswagen Golf. Um, so it was an amazing. It was pretty freaky. It was Royal Ascot, um, and he just went in this draw and his name got pulled out of the hat. And then um, he he sprinted up to the this the dais um this is just how he described it and and then when everyone heard his australian accent they were like they um 
yeah, they gave gave him nothing. Um, <laughs> yeah. like, um, but uh, he was so lucky. That, that's a that was an incredible. Um, yeah, how often does that happen? It's yeah. so ridiculous. And as soon as he, because he was so funny, bro. I was walking along with Jesse. Is he still with his girlfriend? I don't know. I saw him walking along the street with 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 a girlfriend at the time. I don't know if it's the same one. Oh no, he's moved. He yeah. So um, that that relationship finished, and um, he's actually um, yeah. Uh, they met. He's got a fiance called Libby, and Libby's uh, Kiwi, and. Um, they're hoping to get married in January next year. So awesome, man. Um, oh, my yeah, Jesse, my Jesse will be shattered. I think I think Shawnee was her first love because <laughs> he came to he came to my twenty first, and the I had the biggest crush on Jesse at the time, and she was not interested in me at the time. And I just remember being so shattered because the next day we were going back to Melbourne, and she kept being like, "Hey, who was that tall?" Bl-? I go, "Shut up." Like, <laughs> I wish I didn't invite him. He's a dickhead. You wouldn't like his personality. Then we. And then she started going to uni with him. And she's like, oh, he's so cool. Like, he just walks around bare feet. Like, he just doesn't care. I'm like, babe, stop talking about him. Yeah, we've been married three years now, sweetie. <laughs> anyway, no, we were walking down. And uh, it was so random that we bumped into him on uh, on Oxford Street. And he was just so chilled. He's like, wait, I go, what are you doing? He's like, well, bro, crazy story, actually. So it just went to Royal yeah. Ascot. And, uh, mate, I want a car. And it's just such a, it's such a bloody, uh, it's such a Shawnee Verway story. Like who else would win a car? But, uh, but yeah. Shawnee Verway, it's a, it's a fantastic story, man. But no, that's good. So he's, he sounds like he's doing well for himself then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, yeah, he's still walking around barefoot. Um, <laughs> um and he, he's just teaching down in the, in the peninsula. Um, uh, yeah, he, He's going well. <laughs> um, Did he ever? Because he, he was. I remember Shawnee. He started to really like when he was about eighteen. I reckon he was starting to pump out some real big times. And uh, and then he got whacked with some chronic fatigue. Did he ever? Did he ever struggle with that again? Is he still wrestling? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So he's still like that. Still um, holds him back a bit. He's worked out like what he like sort of can manage, and um, he's never really been able to like really go for it running wise from a performance side of things. Um, but it, he he can he now can live like a really balanced life where he can um, go for a few runs each week, um, but just not push it. And then as long as he sort of stays on top of his um, like the cardinal stuff, like um, eating well, getting enough sleep, uh, hyd- staying hydrated, he seems to have like a good hold on it now. But um, yeah, it was he's he's learnt a lot about chronic fatigue. Um, and one of his friends growing up. Um, uh, Toby Morrison um, uh, also had chronic fatigue, and and Toby's actually gone into um, he he's started this business called um, uh, Chronic Fatigue. Um, oh, it's on Chronic Fatigue, and um, that's and he's still involved with it. Like uh, some you know 15, 20 years later, um, and it's a you know for a while it's, it was a very it still is like a little bit of a mysterious kind of um, uh, condition and. Uh, I think what Sean sort of worked out was um, if you can sort of tick off those um, those like really try hard with your with getting your sleep right, your diet right, and then slowly do more exercise, but just very gradually. Um, and and then I think it was just a time thing and learning from experience. Um, it seemed to help the best, but there was um, yeah, there's certainly times where he was just trying everything with it, um, seeing naturopaths, seeing Chinese doctors. Um, uh, trying all different types of things, um, yeah, radical diets. And, uh, yeah, the biggest thing was um, was really just sort of um, trying – it sounds basic, but trying really hard to sort of just have that nice balance in life. Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. I had a friend, uh, her name, Kate Baddeley is her name, and she she struggled for chronic fatigue for, for years and years. Like she was pretty much bedridden for two years. And – a similar story to, to Shawnee, like she was going down all different rabbit holes and just trying to figure out the best way forward. And she ended up going and checking out this uh, thing called the lightning process. So okay. I don't know if you've heard of it before, but lightning process that was started by a, a British guy. I think his name, it's like, I was about to say Phil Knight, but that's the guy who started Nike. His name, <laughs> is, I can't remember. Anyway, he, um, it's got a pretty good reputation. I've actually, I've actually done it because I was just really curious to find out about the, the, like not for chronic fatigue, but I was, I flew to New Zealand to do it back in 2018 because I was just so curious. Yeah. And uh, so, so this chick, this chick had, uh, she'd been bedridden, 
not being able to sort of walk to the end of her driveway. And and she's reckon she's I know her pretty well, so I know she's she's pretty upfront. She's not exaggerating. And uh, she she went and did the lightning process two years into her chronic fatigue. And uh, that night went home, went for a 10k run, and she reckoned it was instant for her. So it could be, and it's it's all around the psychology, which I'm sure is like a controversial topic, and I'm sure there's like many different approaches. But for her, this particular this programming, it's like a, I think it's almost neurolinguistic programming in a sense, where you just cut a thought off at its root and you redirect the energy of that thought down some other other avenue. So um, yep. yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know how. Well, how no, much. like that, like um, that. Uh, Sean, Sean sort of came to sort of a thought where he's like, I think you know, for some people and for for him, it was like sort of reprogramming his brain, and it's almost like um, yeah, it just sort of gets into this funny kind of pattern where. It associates you know so much fatigue with um certain elements of life um so yeah it's it's, it's interesting that yeah there's definitely a sort that it might be centrally mediated um and sort of like a central nervous system um kind of like a rewiring um and, yeah. and working on that um yeah it's a, it's interesting stuff and it and that just shows like um how everyone's an individual and and what works for one thing one person doesn't necessarily work for the next um yes. but it 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 um yeah it, and i've seen you just see that all the time um but it's kind of like just trying things and soon you'll find a pattern and stuff that seems to to work and then and other things that don't but just being open to change and and um and op, um, open to being wrong and um and trying different things it's so true man yeah there's a guy called uh i think it's naval Naval Ravikant, I think is his name. And he's got a great quote that I love where he says, keep trying new things because eventually we run out of bad luck. Yeah. I thought, hey, isn't that good? So for everyone who feels like they just keep running into brick walls, hey, keep running into brick walls. That's a that's sort of the motto I approach with. If I start something, it's not quite working. I'm, I'm happy to either stick to it or flip stones and um, – yeah, it's a it's a comforting thing to think that hey, you can't you can't just keep running into brick walls forever. Eventually, one's going to crumble. So, yeah. um, mate, it's always a, a pleasure to chat with you. I know you've got a client coming in in about ten minutes or so, so I'm going to let you go. But, mate, I know it's a, it seems to be the the motto of our friendship. It's a, about twelve months <laughs> between drinks, but I always look forward to to chatting with you and, and having you on. It's always a, a wealth of information, mate. So thanks for stopping by again. No, thanks so much, Tyus. Absolutely loved it. Like love. Love always like like I say every time like just love your energy and um, love what you're doing um, with the running community and um, yeah you're really doing a great job in terms of um, yeah helping a lot of runners really find a love for the sport and 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 work work their way work their way through through the through it um, so yeah and and yeah it's always always a pleasure because you so yeah you, you're just prepared to have a laugh and you're good at having a laugh so. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on and um, yeah, absolutely loved it like usual.